1: Them. We'll read them, then we'll give you answers. You know it. I've got it. I've got the answer. The answer. You ask me. I'll tell you oh yeah, you're in me. I have a confession. Oh, my holiday decor, as minimal as it is, is still up, and I am just enjoying it too much to take it down. So okay, that's fine. Yeah. It's a nice not a wreath, it's like a swath. It's like a bunch of fake magnolia leaves and I put christmas lights in them and I put them on the ledge and I like to plug it in during the day and I like to look at it in the background behind the TV at night and I I was going to take it down today to make way for spring but I'm not done being cozy so I'm going to keep it up with some some felt stars. Just a little bit longer. Keep keep it going. Okay. Enjoy yourself. That's all right. <laughs> 75 degrees outside. I need a little bit of holiday cheer. <laughs> if
0: you leave it up long enough, you don't have to decorate next year.
1: There are, I thought this was my idea, but I, it turns out a lot of people had thought of this. Uh, people that keep up a perennial Christmas tree, but they just decorate it for different holidays. And I kind of love that. I'm not yeah. going to get a tree, but like, yeah, keep your... Especially if it's alive. Why can't it live inside? Why can't? (laughs) I mean, it's not alive. Yeah. How long will a living one live? But that's even better. You got a fake tree that you actually use as a piece of decor. Great.
0: Yeah. I'm scared to get... my bought one last year and then I didn't pull it out this year because it's under the house. And I was like, what if it's full of roaches? I'm scared
1: of it now because it's been under the house. It is. You've had a lot of rodent bug issues. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely been converted into, a, like, a lifestyle community for Ugh. high-end roaches. Ugh. Yeah, little baby roaches slithering around. Ugh, I hate them so much. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not ideal, but we have to respect them because they've been around since the dinosaurs, if you believe in that sort of thing. <laughs> they don't even contribute, though. <laughs> since Adam and Eve. The, well, they do something. No, what do they no do? No animal, they do something because no bug exist without some sort of purpose, some sort of symbiotic relationship, even flies break down stuff. That's just because it's annoying to us. Doesn't mean roaches must do something. I don't- they carry the disease. Okay. They carry the disease that keeps some population in check for something. Roaches are very clean. They just are horrible to look at. So then they, may, may they be a symbol of how a... A whole group can be maligned simply for surviving.
0: <laughs> the uh, spiders do something. You should always have a spider around. Possums eat bugs. Possums are good. Roaches—they're not contributing.
1: You should always have a daddy longlegs around. Oh when yeah. I see them. I'm like, I'm like, hey there. You know. The rest, uh, I'm like, what are you gonna, are you gonna bite my face? <laughs> I watched that movie. Bo is afraid. Oh, the- I haven't seen it. It's like a weird tertiary plot at the. It is an unhinged movie at the beginning that is all around brown recluse spiders, but it's barely a, a tertiary. Anyway, it's uh. What's weird to me is no matter what movie you see, whether you think it's bad or weird or you don't get it, somewhere that is someone's favorite movie, mm-hmm. and that's the problem with freedom and choices is that somewhere someone is liking something and you're like, how? And they're like, this Stanley Cup is my personality. I am so annoyed at the boiling point that the Stanley Cup conversation has come to because I've been talking about this forever and all of a sudden people have caught on and now I'm fucking over it. So culture, catch up.
0: I think as soon as it's an SNL sketch, it's done,
1: which it was this weekend. So we're done. (sighs) Slow, just because they're on the East Coast and they don't check TikTok. I've been watching these lunatics gather these things, collect these things, dress them up like they're dolls, all in place of a real personality. Did you- it brings me joy. Who cares? Who
0: cares? I don't know joy. if this is fake news, but I've seen it enough that they are testing positive for
1: lead. Sure. What isn't? <laughs> and you know what happened to me? I'll be honest. I went down a weird social media rabbit hole that was talking about lead in your product. So I ordered a lead testing kit. Oh, God. And... Nothing in our kitchen had lead. I was like, we have a lot of pottery. Now I don't know where it came from.
0: That's exciting. It's just the internet
1: getting in. Yeah, it's exciting how dumb I am. <laughs> anyway, just bringing that IQ down one video at a time. Uh, do we have any follow-ups? I felt like last week's episode had, no, you're going to say no. and I know, it, Had all of these things and all of these, like the Christmas girl with the stockings, like all of these, I'm craving these follow-ups. I mean, you don't label them clearly in your inbox. I mean... You're a disorganized worker.
0: Oh, yeah, I kind of am.
1: Emily, I need them. Like, I need next week's episode to be all follow-ups.
0: Well, they have to send them in. Okay, I you have a paid follow-up. You so much money. All right, I have a you follow-up. Paid-
1: yeah. <laughs> You're like, I got your follow-up. I quit. <laughs> no, I do have a follow-up. All right, let's do it. Okay,
0: so do you remember... It was last week. There's the guy who his um coworker employee, whatever guy, kept asking him to bring him a
1: towel. Yes, remember. So for those of you that don't remember, it was the wife who was like his weird employee asked him to ask my husband who's his boss to bring him a towel at work. He never shows he always shows up empty handed to our events. And we were like either mm-hmm. they're having an affair or this guy's super hot or it's weird, or your husband feels so bad for this loser. Either way, we don't like him either. Okay.
0: Okay. So we got some context not related to our to our question. It came literally, well, okay. Here's the context. My husband is in the military and we live on base and live five minutes from the gym on base. My husband is his supervisor, but only one rank above this guy. So I guess that's a little different than boss employee. Okay.
1: The military you know, he, is- what? This is the context that should have been in <laughs> But if it this. was You guys are like brothers in a foxhole. This is not like you work in IT. IT. Now I've shit on the military. Oh my God. No, not on this man. Okay, the military is definitely different in this way. I would never do anything
0: like that for my boss or anyone I work with really. The guy is not hot in my opinion. His Instagram is private. I'm not friends with him because we were like this guy must be so hot and popular. I'm not friends yeah. with him so this is the best I can do and then a picture. I appreciate the advice. Love you guys. I will be buying a replacement and bath towels soon.
1: Now let me share with you. This Our advice was worked. just buy the replacement, be done with it, but you got to buy no it on mind. base. That's limited. Yeah. Let's see this guy. He's just sweaty, oily, ripped, he doing just push-ups is... in front of the flag.
0: No, he's just fine. But yeah, I'm not like, oh, this a is dude. a
1: popular man. I would do anything just... for this man. But it is, per my joke, uh, just a man holding a dead fish. So I don't know what woman is like, ooh, is that cold blood? Mm. <laughs> All right, get, me, get that out of here. <laughs> uh, he's just a dude. Um. Military does change it, you know. Shame on you for writing in, wasting our taxpayer money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we said buy. We just said buy the towel, be done with it. That's tough because like you're in the military. I, it's just it's it makes it different. But doesn't that guy's still a turd? Like you can still serve our country and be a piece of shit. So do the best you can to avoid this person. But I'm glad you're buying a new towel. Yeah. Get yourself a new towel. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while well, introducing newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable. And it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while. She can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code Eliza20. Just go to n u u l y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code Eliza20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's dot com. Newly with two U's with code Eliza20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors, fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. And then we just have someone agreeing with you about something. How do you feel oh, about I that? I love it. I feel great. I need it. <laughs> okay. Is it about Israel? No. that feel real good right now. Okay. No. Red hot comment back to Eliza.
0: Read pregnancy. Hey, AIA crew. I just want to say, yes, I am with you to Eliza on her intro to this week's, last week's episode of how annoying everyone is when you're in your last week's of pregnancy. I'm due on February 23rd with my first. I am so over oh. people asking me how I'm doing. If I'm honest yeah, with my no reply and say, fine, but also not well, I'm exhausted and sleep miserably, then I am met with the, oh, you just wait comments, which are not helpful right. and make me want to scream. And if I respond with the easy answer of, I'm good, then I still get the, oh, you just wait comments. They are the ones that asked me how I was doing. I did not ask for their shitty warning of what being a newborn parent is. Like, I get that it will be one of the hardest things I've ever done, but people do it every day, and I'm a capable human yeah. woman, and I'm actually excited to meet my baby. I'm just so over yes. trying to be cordial with society at this stage and their feigned interest in my pregnancy and pregnant body. Stay sane these next few weeks. Much love, Cara. Cara, C-A-R-A. What do we think?
1: I feel like it's Kara, but uh, I have reps that have both spellings. It could go either way. Listen to me. Thank you for agreeing with me. The end. But also, just, I found that immediately answering and then immediately asking them a question because people want to talk about themselves. Like, I feel great. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, my turtle. People will always take that bait. You could also, if someone's like, just you wait, be like, thank you so much for that feedback. <laughs> and they'll be like, I'm just saying. You'd be like, no, thank you. I I was... Feeling too good today. Thank you for that <laughs> very helpful warning. Yeah. That very helpful, vague warning. You know what you should do? Pay another mom a compliment. It means so much to them. I saw my friend Jody, her daughter, she had like set up like a finger painting station. It had like the wall that you can paint with the chalk paint and a roll down paper. And she made like a cute video and I text her. I was like, is this in your home? She was like, yeah, I built this thing. She's a single mom. And I was like, you are an incredible mother. Yeah. Like to take the time to do that kind of stuff. And especially when you, I always tell other women like, I love the way you talk to your kid. I love the way you talk to my kid. I love learning from other moms. Always give other moms compliments. You're so patient with your kid. Your kid's such a nightmare and you're such an angel. (laughs) You're such a good mom. Even if, it's the smallest thing. It always, it's always nice to hear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. And we have a response for Kate. Hi, AIA crew. I have a response for Kate who wrote in about living separately from her fiance. Yes. I've been in a similar situation for a few years now, wanting to assure her it can be successful and ultimately whatever works for you as a couple is okay. My husband, 33-year-old male, and I, 28-year-old female, lived apart during our Mm -hmm. pharmacy and medical residencies and fellowship training. And because we both put so much time and student loan debt into our schooling, we've always felt like we owe it to ourselves and each other to pursue our careers for a little while. Consequently, he still works three hours away from where I do, but we've been happy in our long-distance marriage for almost a year. Total long-distance time equals four years. The excuses were easy to make to others when we were engaged. Oh, we're waiting until we get married. We're both happy right now. We're figuring it out. But be prepared for after the wedding bells. You will start getting even more frequent and invasive questions. When are you moving in together gets combined with when are you going to have kids and how is that going to work? I relate to being fed up with the constant questions from family and friends on at least a weekly basis. I can say I found Eliza's advice on how to respond can be really helpful. Taking a tone that gives off a vibe of, for the love of God, please stop fucking asking and I will tell you if the situation changes, and being more definitive in my answer of, we are both pursuing our careers right now, it works for us, and we're happy, has been an effective way of getting people to take the hint and end the conversation. I also find it helpful to remind myself of others who have been in similar situations, aka why I felt compelled to write in. The best example I have is my favorite professor who's been married for over 20 years to her husband who also lives three hours away. They feel strongly wow. it's been a positive aspect of their marriage. A caveat, right? a caveat is that they have chosen not to have children, which would obviously require some intentional discussions. Anyway, I hope this was able to bring you some solace knowing that there are others out here living apart and thriving. And thank you for sharing your story because it's helped me feel less alone too. At the end of the day, you're not marrying this man on the basis of what others think about your relationship. You're marrying him because you love him. As long as you're both happy and willing to make sacrifices to make the situation work, it doesn't actually matter what anyone else thinks. Much love to Eliza, Emily, and the gang for your brutally honest real world advice. For bringing some much appreciated comedy to my
1: Wednesdays, Alyssa. Thank you, Alyssa, for including your name. Yep, yeah, so there you go. There's another one like you out there. At the end of the day, it works for you. And by the way, like it doesn't even have to be as extreme as we don't live together. It could be why do you not give your kid sugar? It could be why do you do this with your husband? Why do you guys choose to live in a city, not a farm? Nobody, no two marriages look alike. Works for you and that's got to be enough. And mm-hmm. that's it. I love it. I love it. Okay, this email is, how do you know everything?
0: I had to comment on your advice for today's show, 124. I don't want to get too involved. Again, last week's episode, it solicited a lot of comments. How the hell do you give such great advice?
1: Regarding the oh. 28-year-old mom. I'm the- sorry. I thought that was gonna be like, where do you get no. off? <laughs> no, I did read it like that though. Like what? The answer the- is usually <laughs> just in my bed late at night.
0: <laughs> oh, no. well, why else would it be anywhere else? <laughs> Regarding the 28-year-old mom and the boyfriend with the kid. As I was listening, I'm yelling. You remember the 28-year-old mom, the, the, the boyfriend as the, the kid. That was not helpful at all. But
1: great summary, Emily. <laughs> the, the 28-year-old what? mom who did the math for us and let us know that at 28, she has an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she yeah. let us know she had a 20. well-behaved. And her kid's, Yeah, her kid's well-behaved and she's dating a guy that has like a banshee of a six-year-old. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I am
0: a stepmother to my husband's firstborn. My husband and I also have three boys together. We're going 20 years of marriage, but it was nearly impossible with the baby mama drama, me painted as the evil stepmom, my husband overcompensating and never wanting to be the bad guy. I wish someone had given me the advice you gave today. Yes, you can make it work, but it's hard and you end up looking like a jerk when you're just trying to do the right thing. Wait, was it my
1: advice leave him? (laughs) Maybe. It's like, I wish I had, but now I'm stuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Love you both so much. Congrats, baby boy. I wanted to die the last month of my pregnancy just because it's so annoying. Everyone just back off, Zazu. Zazu,
1: it's you. Um, How do I know everything? You know, I, I think it's less about, sometimes it is about the circumstances and the nuance of the situation. But most things boil down to... Respecting yourself, speaking up for yourself, someone disrespecting you. I'm just an orangutan drowning in her own acid reflux. Uh, Eating from a Costco-sized Tums jar next to my bed. Oh boy, that is big. Dropped one. Oh well, it's going to live down there. That's it. Most things boil down to you or them teaching people how to treat you. There's usually like the same, I wish I had like this Wish I could listen, but it's like the same few things happening. I'm sure there's a psychologist out there explaining why all problems boil down to like three categories. Mm-hmm. But it's not about the details. It's about, and while they color it and help, it's about usually jealousy, a man not respecting the woman in his life, and women trying to do everything. Usually it's about women being afraid like, this is it being stuck to this one guy. And that guy might be incredible, but has some grow- growing to do. We also, making this about women, we're so trained to be the fixers, to stand up for ourselves. To We have so many things in society. We're so trained to vilify women. That's why I said the evil stepmom thing. I was listening to some godless radio show on some hip hop station the other day, and they were just going through all the men that Ariana Grande has slept with that were married and they're calling her a home wrecker. And it's like, be that as it may, maybe she did sleep with an Oompa Loompa from the production of Wicked and maybe he and his wife did just have a baby. But to even begin the conversation about her without acknowledging all of these men who willingly wrecked their marriages, she may not have the strongest moral compass, but the first part of the conversation should be, why are these men leaving their wives? Why are they not strong enough? But instead, it's so much easier. Like, oh, these poor guys were just wooed by Ariana Grande. She's three feet tall. She's mm. not like she, like, forced them into it. It's always about the guy, like, the woman being the home wrecker. Like, no, you wrecked your home. She has no responsibility toward your marriage. And no one on the show was thinking about that. I was like, well, how is it? She's shitty, but, like, how it's not on her. To hold your relationship sacred that you clearly don't care about. Who knows what they were telling her? I'm just saying we're taught to look at women a certain way, and if you just do a little bit of digging, this is with any sort of minority lens. Like whether you're calling someone lazy or ignorant or stupid, it's like let's dig a little bit deeper. Is that what's happening, or is that just the easy way out? That's all. I know that's kind of like a convoluted thing. Quit showing me your fucking cats. I'm trying to I'm make just a point. Have
0: them host the show
1: because they won't get out of my way. <laughs> You have the cats from Lady and the Tramp that are like, we are Siamese, if you, and we're like a little evil. Yeah, they are a little evil. That's all I'm saying. So it's not that I know everything, but I just know people because I know how shitty I can be. Kick it. <laughs> Hi, AIA pod. Listening for a few years and finally have a
0: question. My older sister is getting married later this year. I haven't met the man and have my own hesitations about him, but that's a different issue. During one of her long-winded, one-sided phone calls with me, she got mad at me and our parents for not attending her wedding at the time a date hadn't even been set yet. Nonetheless, she already had it in her mind that none of us would attend. This started a bit of a fight because how dare she think so little of her family that we wouldn't attend her wedding? Well, in a conversation with our parents, it would appear that now that a date is set, they are not inclined to
1: attend. I'm sorry, what is happening with the tense of this email? You said it's later this year and then you said so, at the time where's the punctuation? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Did they come or not come has it happened? It has
0: not happened. The, they had a conversation last, like let's say last year about oh they're going to be getting married but there's no date and she was like the sister was like you guys aren't even going to attend and they're like what are you talking about? Of course we're going to attend. So she so set a, a date, hypothetical hypothetical fight so she, a, a fight over something that hadn't happened. Now she has set the date and the parents are like, actually, we we aren't going to go. <laughs> You're right. We're not going to attend. Why aren't they going? So as a family, we have strained relationships with each other with waves of going no contact. But that's a whole other story. When I found mm-hmm. this out, I called our parents to find out what was going on. To my surprise, they admitted they were likely not going. I let them know my tentative plans to go in hopes that the option of not staying with my sister would make the trip more appealing, along with seeing their own children, their grandchildren and great granddaughter. They didn't seem totally convinced. I want them to go. I think they should go. I also stood up for them saying no, they aren't that heartless that they wouldn't attend their daughter's wedding, even if it is her third. Should I keep trying to get them to go or just drop drop it? If you they don't go, it be the final straw that irrevocably breaks their ties to their daughters. Thanks for your unbiased and completely outside opinion. The story is so specific that anyone who knows me has heard
1: all this before so you can use my name. Oh, and your name is Brittany. How do you use a word like irrevocably and yet the actual body of the email is so convoluted? First of all, basically you're saying your sister's like, yo, I'm getting married for a third time. We don't have a date yet. And your parents are like, great, we'll be there. And then your sister's like, I bet you won't even go when I do set it. And then she said it, and then they're like, you're right, we're not going. But you're not giving me the reason. Like, did they have something planned? Did she deliberately set it when she knew they'd be on the carnival cruise? Or were they never going, and she knew that because she knows she's kind of a pill? The fact that it's her third one doesn't really matter. Like, you're allowed to get rid of a guy that you hate and find the right one. Sometimes it takes people a few tries. Um I mean, you're planning on going, right?
0: Well, and so our question asker is like, I'm trying to convince them. I'm telling them I have tentative
1: plans to go. A lot of tentative stuff here. She set the date. You're either going or you're not going. The, the, the issue is here, you guys think your sister is bullshit. And your parents are like, well, we certainly don't want to buy another wedding gift. We don't want to schlep all the way. It's probably a plane ride. We don't want to do all of this just to have her get divorced, but that's kind of not their call. And she very much wants them to be there, which is why she said, I bet you won't even go because she's hurt. Did they go to the other two? We don't know. If it costs them very little, like if it's just in the same town or something, just go because you're not going for the ceremony, but you're going because you support your daughter. Unless you don't. Unless they're like, you're marrying a hell's angel. We know this guy has a human trafficking record. Like we have an idea of how this will end up. Like unless they're protesting the union based on his character, your parents going or not going won't, you can't control that. You can go. But even you are like, it's tentative. You think she's bullshit. But what, what, what's to be gained? So you tell her that hurts her feelings, she still gets married. Or you don't tell her and, and you go and she still gets married anyway. I guess I don't know enough about the past shitty weddings and relationships, how seriously she takes it. If there's like, are they registering? Do they want money? I mean, but
0: we do know that when she said, hey, I'm planning my third wedding. I don't think you guys are going to go. Everybody said, of course we are. And now that's not the case, which regardless of the circumstances, that's not cool that you all, why do you all, why were you all so offended that she thought you weren't going to go when you're all now tentative or not going?
1: Well, she could have said it and then it's like, turns out it's eight hours away. It's on a Tuesday morning, you know? I think it's also like when you charge someone with that, like, I bet you won't even. The human reaction is to be like, I bet I will. I don't know why they're not going, so I need to know all that. But at the end of the day, if it especially if it costs them very little emotionally, like if you could just go, it's in your town, go. But whether they go or not, I think you're still going to go, so... What's with the tentative? Is that a reflection of your flakiness or are you saying that because you don't know if she'll go through with it? Are you putting tentative as a qualifier because you don't know if she's going to keep that date? I think you don't really trust your sister and I think you're just kind of like, it's, it's, she's not emotionally safe. You're like, I got one foot in, one foot out. Like, okay, Ashley, if you're actually going to do it. I'll go. Please don't make me like rent out a pair of kitten heels. And drive three hours to Duluth if you're not, if this doesn't mean anything. Well, that's the other thing too. If her relationships are bullshit and this guy is trash, you're like, I don't really want to celebrate a union that I don't believe in. But it's not about the union. It's about her. So it's a lot. there's a lot of variables there. You going should be independent of your parents going or not going.
0: Yeah. And it can't be on you that they go or don't go. Like you can tell them they should go, that they can stay with you when they come. But, you know, you're not responsible
1: you're not responsible for them. Those aren't your kids. They're going to come or not come and that will be a choice reflective of their life spent dealing with her. Fair. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already struggling, stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bowling Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all and Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year. And I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. and Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California king. And Bowlin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from and Branch. Go to bowlinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
0: Hello, Eliza, Emily, Associated Pets, Children, and Hot Scotty. I am a longtime fan and a repeat requester of advice. You may remember as the MLIS, Master of Library and Information Science, you guys were wondering what it stood for when I last asked, student with a grabby boyfriend whose mood and eyeglasses yes. were bent out of shape by his overzealous yes. affection. He broke your
1: glasses. I remember that.
0: Let me update you on the relationship since my new question does involve him and you should all have more context outside of the fact that he was being too affectionate seven months ago. We have said our I love yous and have been together for over a year now and have started to talk about a future together. We're both on the same page that we'd like to get married one day, but not until I'm more established in my career. Now, here's what you need to know for my question. My boyfriend's parents are very nice people. I have a good relationship with them and they are the type of people who like to get involved in their community. I'm in a performance group that puts on shows roughly once a month. When they said they wanted to come to a show, I figured they were being polite since I'm used to people feigning interest, saying they'd like to come, but then <laughs> never doing it. They're
1: like, oh, cool, long-form improv, outdoors, I'll be there. Oh, and it's Shakespeare-themed? Can't wait. <laughs> Not them. They've come to a few
0: shows now and once even brought a friend. Whatever, more ticket sales is more money for us. Here's where I have a problem. After the shows, the group goes out to a nearby bar to celebrate and my boyfriend's parents have been inviting themselves out to the bar with us. I should note that my own parents come to the shows but don't go to the bar after. This isn't a nice bar either. It's a dive bar where people have drawn tits on this table and Sharpie. When I ask if they could come to the bar, I once again felt inclined to be polite and I thought it would be juvenile to be like, oh, no parents around, please. But on top of the fact that I think it's weird that two adults in their 60s want to go to a gross bar with a bunch of people in their 20s and 30s, it's getting in the way of me having fun. I don't go to the bar as much after rehearsals because I'm in grad school. So the after parties are really my opportunity to blow off steam with a couple of drinks with friends. But with my boyfriend's parents around, I don't feel I can do that. I don't feel comfortable drinking more than one drink in their presence. We live in New Jersey, but the group performs in New York City. So I have to herd them back to Jersey via the NJ Transit, which then cuts my night short because their train only runs every hour and they don't want to be getting home at 1 a.m. the way I would what
1: like to. What do you to. mean you have to herd them? Like, right. after are they you not have adults? To get them, get them yeah, home. Yeah, they're adults.
0: My boyfriend finds them coming to the bar with us amusing, saying they probably like feeling young again, but their feeling young is coming at the expense of me enjoying myself during my actual youth. They already had their time to go to dives, and if they want to go to a dive bar, they should do it on their own time instead of making my time for fun turn into my time to host their fun. I just want to have my one night out a month to go the way I want it to. I want to comfortably have my two gin cocktails and a Stella Artois followed by a Korean corn dog that looks like it was fried in battery acid, and then get home at one in the morning the way God intended 25-year-old girls do. I don't know how I should go about this. Should I tell my boyfriend to talk to them, or should I tell them directly? I can't anticipate my boyfriend mistaking my expressions of discomfort for me asking for reassurance. I'll probably say, you can drink around my parents. It's okay. When I'm trying to tell him I don't want to drink around his parents. Am I wrong to feel the way I feel about this, His parents are pretty much the opposite of mine in terms of sociability, so I'm not sure if this is as weird as I think, considering my parents never hang out with their friends, let alone their children's friends, or their children's partner's friends. Actually, writing that out, it is weird that they're hanging out with their son's girlfriend's friends. How do I get them to stop riding the coattails of my social life without insulting them? They are lovely people, but I don't want them in the dive bar with me the one night I go out. Should I ask my parents to invite them to a different bar? Should I tell them myself to make a, like a tree and leave, or should I have my boyfriend convince them for me? Thank you for any advice you give. Sincerely, the girl who keeps having problems with people liking her. I, am, I have a strong stance on this. Okay. Let these Let people you. come out with you. Uh, wh- yeah. I don't... I I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's no way, look, I get it when people are clingy and they're around you and you're kind of like, I want to do my own thing. Bring your boyfriend and have him talk to them and you talk to your friends, but they're not weird for, like, they're being so supportive. They came to your show, they brought a friend to your show and then they're like, oh, where are we all going? Yay. Like, they are just, I don't know. I feel bad for them. (laughs)
1: Look, as a performer, the fact that anyone wants to come to your show in New York City, you should be paying them. And they're traveling from New Jersey. You are blowing off steam in this email, and that's fine. And you got a little revved up there in the body of the email. But I'm going to let you know that you are coming off like a little mean. It's okay to blow off steam. This is just between us and the thousands of Canadian women who listen to this podcast. But they're not your responsibility. now. I get that you, you know, when I go to like, uh, like red carpet events or whatever, I don't really drink a lot because you don't want to say the wrong thing to the wrong person. And for me, it's, it's still kind of work. So you're, you're like, I want to get sloppy and I want to get shitty and I don't want to deal with them. You don't have to. If you are getting drunk to the point where like you aren't controlling yourself, of course you're allowed to do that. But like, maybe that's not the cutest look. I don't think this is your one night a month that you can let loose. I think you're putting too much pressure on this one night. I think you're infantilizing them. It's nice that you want to help them get to the train, but it's a grown man and a grown woman with a phone and apps and everything. I think that's incredibly supportive because they could look at you and be like, oh, she's an artist, like gross. I think that's really nice. And you may not be used to parents that are like that. When you go to the bar, let me ask you this. Do they monopolize your time, honestly? That's... Do they follow you around? It doesn't, you didn't say they did. So it really doesn't sound like they did. And I think that's really cute. If you want to bring your boyfriend and get sloppy together, and then, then you should do that. I just, I don't think, you're not their babysitter, but it would be, I think it would hurt them more than it would make you feel better to uninvite them. If you really don't want them there, move the party time move the bar. Be like, we're actually just going to go to a friend's house, no bar this month or something. Yeah. But I think it would really hurt them. They're like, oh, we really like our son's girlfriend. She doesn't want us there. It's just, what's the real upside that you get to like, flirt with some other dude (laughs) while you're wasted? Is your boyfriend at all of these? I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal that they go. I don't really think they're cramping your style that much. You can talk to other people it doesn't sound like they're requiring that much of your time. Yeah. You know, so I I need to know how they act when they're there. If when you're there, there are people, we do have friends like this, that like it's, and especially generationally, like they're not used to phone interruptions. So they will, for better or for worse, have a real conversation. And I get that that's not your vibe. Maybe you want to dance or you want to eat a pickled egg or you just want to be silly, then you just got to like walk away and be like, I'm going to go over here. Oh, it's always okay to go to the bathroom, do a little blow, come back out like an hour later. You're not responsible for them, but the kindness of them wanting to go is such a sweet thing that people take time and money. And by the way, like give them a free ticket once in a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I take time and money to go from New Jersey to New York and watch you perform and support you. I don't know. Something else is going on here. I think you, because you mentioned the 25-year-old thing a few times. I think you're like, hey, I'm not married. I'm not done being young and stupid and I don't need you guys there. And it's like, well, this is what love and support looks like. So unless they're being cumbersome and weird at the bar, it doesn't sound like you, it sounds like you're putting a pressure on yourself that no one's asking you to apply. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. I- and also, if your boyfriend's there, he can shepherd his parents. Right,
0: I mean, it's possible that they're being clingy. Like I, you, uh, you deal with that where you're like at a thing and you're like, oh, I know who I have to avoid because if I start talking to them, I'm never going to get out. I'm just going to be stuck with them. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to talk to anyone else. But also, maybe you should. It sounds like you're putting a lot of pressure on this
1: one night a month. You go out. You That's need another. Saying. You need another night a month. Do something. I think another you do. night. I think you do have other nights, and I think you're writing this as if like it's my only chance. I don't buy that. I don't buy that because that is. That's a great, that's psychopath behavior to be like, I get the one and if I don't get it, I blow a gasket. I think you're overstating. I want to keep you as a fan. I'm just telling you. I think you're overstating. Uh, I think it's incredibly sweet that they're coming. And if you really don't want them there, do what I always do and lie. And then spend the rest of your life covering up that one lie. (laughs) (laughs) Because by the way, if you get your boyfriend to handle it and you get him to say, to them like come on like she doesn't really there's no way she wants you at the bar have you asked her then they will and then you're gonna have to lie and be like I love when you guys come yeah my mother-in-law has all my parents are very supportive but when I met Noah's mom she immediately wanted to come to a show and she's never of all the like random after parties or backstage stuff like she's never I've never been like oh my boyfriend's mom is here like she's cool it's cool my dad would prefer I not speak to him at one of my after parties. So he can talk to any woman other than me. Give yourself a break. Give them a break. Let them come to your fucking party. Yeah. Also, 60-year-olds are the reason we have dive bars. Like, that's who goes there at like 3 p.m. So lighten up.
0: They're not as lame as you, as you think they are, unless they are, in which case, you know. Again, your new, your your performing friends aren't like, oh, she brought the old people.
1: But by the, no, no one's thinking about it. They probably think it's sweet. It's always fun to talk to older people when you're drunk. Uh, but also like, even if you do get wasted, first of all, the behavior you exhibit, like it should be taken with a grain of salt, preferably on the rim of a tequila shot. It's not like you become like a racist weirdo who kisses other dudes. Like, what are you doing when you're drunk that it wouldn't be explained away but like, yeah, I had one, I had a couple of drinks. Like, is your behavior that deplorable? Yeah. Do that another night of the week. Get them drunk too. And then be like, there's an Uber. The idea is you all get all get so drunk together when they tell you about what it was like to see the Bay City rollers in concert for the first time. And you get so wasted exchanging stories about being a pseudo 54 that you don't remember. You never talk about it again. (laughs) Hello, you Magnificent Pod people.
0: And of course, congratulations on your new fully formed baby person. What an exciting time. Longtime fan. First time applicant. (laughs) Applicant. I, like 83% of your audience, am a nurse and I'm in grad school studying to get my master's slash family (laughs) nurse practitioner. Listening to your pod and watching your specials has been such a treat because there are rough, dark days in healthcare.
1: (laughs) Oh, there are. not. There there. are.
0: And when I need a good snort, cackle, you deliver every time. So thank you for your authenticity and wit. A little background about me I think is pertinent to the story. I'm a 37-year-old single woman living in Indianapolis where female bodies are more regulated than assault rifles. I'm an average-looking human female. And since I was about 12 years old, I've had the audacity to go out in public by myself. As you know, this has been in fact an invitation for grown men to make comments about my body or what they will do to my body if they get a chance, bark at me across the intersection while they drive a work truck, grope my breasts or vulva or squeeze my ass while I'm working and then disappear in a crowd when I catered weddings in college, crowd of people, lights are down, alcohol is flowing, time to strike. Many more examples exist. The most profound sitch was that I ended up, not surprisingly, in a five-year-long relationship with a man who clearly had narcissistic personality disorder and had insidiously dismantled my sense of self while mentally, emotionally, and eventually physically assaulting me. After I finally got away with just the clothes on my back, he destroyed the inside of my house, stalked me, and eventually regaled out of a restraining order because he showed up to court where the male judge believed his version of events and returned to my house on a cold, rainy Thanksgiving day to bust out my windows, rip down my gutters, and destroy my garden." Needless to say, I have dismantled and rebuilt my boundaries many times in my life, and I'm now more fiercely protective of them than I've ever been. Maybe too protective because now my tolerance for anything a little off is absolutely nil. Maybe now I am the one who is unhinged. And this is where I would like your feedback about guest parking. How's that for a segue?
1: How's that for a hard left turn? But before you continue, I know everyone's thinking this. It's just really weird that you said vulva. Okay,
0: keep going. My sister lives in a nice townhouse complex downtown. I arrived for a sister date, but she got caught up with something at work and be home a bit later than planned. I parked in the complex's guest parking and walked down the one city block to a cute little cafe and pub to have a bevy while I waited for her to get off work. I was walking down the alley towards the cafe and I locked eyes with a man Probably around my age, going the opposite direction with his dog. I always watched my six, so I turned around a few times to make sure I was safe. Saw him watching me, and when I reached the end of the block, I looked back, and he was still watching me. Ick. Forty minutes later, I am enjoying my tasty Negroni at the cafe, and who comes barreling around the corner and makes a beeline towards me? Alleyman says, Is your car gray, XXX? Is your license plate number, XXX? Me, who's asking? Alleyman I am having your car towed. You're parking guest parking. You clearly are not a guest. Me. I am a guest. I'm waiting for my friend who lives there. Alley Who is your friend and where do they live? Me. Losing it. Who are you? The fucking parking police? I'm not telling you shit. Alley I'm a homeowner there and that parking area is for guests. You obviously feel a tight up because you're in here having a drink and are not a guest. So you're going to get towed. Me, still losing it, and not quietly. Do you realize how unhinged this is? You followed me in here. You came in here after 40 minutes to confront me and demand an explanation from a complete stranger about my whereabouts because of a parking spot. Were you waiting outside here to see where I would go next? How long am I allowed to be in here before in my friend's place, Mr. Parking Man? 15 minutes, of it better for you, get out of my fucking face and get a life, you fucking loser. He turned around, red-faced, and left. I stood there baffled, looked around the room. I'd never been so bold in my life. A deep seething rage and could not believe that Nary's soul had taken notice of this super weird encounter. The absence of acknowledgement from people around me had me feeling almost immediate invalidation, like I had overreacted, with only my emotional support Negroni as witness to it all. But I think I used Eliza's framework of not allowing my own comfort to be trampled on for the safety of this man's flaccid attempt at exhorting his own sense of entitlement. My rage has history, breadth, and depth, and I just want these fucking weirdos to leave me alone. So did I overreact? I'd love to hear your thought. You can use my name. I'm not afraid of the meter
1: maid, Teresa. (laughs) Hey, Teresa. Um, You did overreact. But you're not wrong. Right. This is not about... Your message was not delivered the way you would want it to be delivered. And I know you don't care about his feelings, but if we're talking about being outcome-oriented, here's what... Let's switch the perspective here. You're a homeowner in this really nice, whatever, community. You pay a lot to live there. You see somebody park their car and then walk away. So you wait, you keep looking and you've noticed 40 minutes have gone by. You didn't see them come back in and they are at a bar down the street. These are parking spots that you pay for probably a lot probably at least $5 because it's Indianapolis. But you pay for that. The way he confronted you, I don't know the tone of that. He probably came in a little hot, but he's probably annoyed. I know how I feel when I've lived in certain neighborhoods or something. You see someone who just kind of takes advantage. You're like, get the fuck out of it. Like, why my neighborhood? You had a drink. That never helps anything. And what you did was you brought all of your anger from every situation in your life and you put it into this conversation there are better ways he could have asked you or he did and you, I don't, I don't, I wasn't there obviously. And it's tough because you don't really owe him an answer. It's like, yeah, uh, my sister lives there. It does sound like a lie. My sister lives there. I'm waiting for her. Why don't you have a key to your sister's apartment? That's what I thought. You were going to like go in and wait for her. So I can see why he's, especially if it's like, clearly this has been done before. Like this guy didn't just make this up. Like clearly people park there and then go somewhere else. What you wanted was for that guy to have understood what you said at face value and gotten out your face. But then your alarms went off because he's like, what's her name? Where does she live? By the way, you're like, I don't even know that you live there. But then it just becomes this weird game of cat and mouse. And then you're like, tow it. I'll sue you because I'm allowed to park there. What <laughs> would happen? We don't know what would have happened. I, I, I guess it's annoying because you gave the answer after you were already kind of salty And he's like, oh yeah, prove it. Because you're like, I'm not going to give you that info.
0: Right, but if his spots are always being taken out, I mean, the the problem here is he's not wrong in that like he could have just called to tow your car and not said anything to you. That's why if you parked it like- But then how uh, does anyone have
1: guest parking is my question.
0: but I'm just saying like, you know, it's like if you park at like a a coffee shop to walk over the movie theater, like they just will give you a ticket or whatever. The problem is that you had seen him earlier that he took it upon himself to be the parking police. And it's like, why do you care? It's like, well, because his guests never have anywhere to park. I would care. Because people- we park there care. and then go and get a drink and then leave. That's right.
1: Right. It's happening. But when you gave him the answer, I mean, if we re listen to what you said, should we listen again to her response? Because I feel like you, let me hear what you said. He comes in. Okay, hold on. Because I just want to gauge something here. Okay. Because trust me, I have definitely brought energy in from past things. And put, and vomited on someone. So I'm not above this. I'm not better than you. I'm just saying. I, I know it when I see it.
0: So Allie man makes a beeline towards her. Because probably, here's what happened. He was, when they, when he kept looking here in the alley, he saw her walking away from his yes. parking lot. And was like, "He, was, he was is exactly she right. going to the bar uh-huh. and not right? So he goes, is your car a gray blank? Yes. Is your license plate number blank? Me. Who's asking? Alley man, I'm having your car towed. You're parked in guest parking and you clearly are not right. a guest. Me, yeah. I am a guest. I'm waiting for my friend who lives there. Alley man, who's your friend and where do they live? Me, yeah. who are you? The fucking parking police? I'm not telling you shit. So this yeah. does sound so like a that's, lie.
1: That's where you upped it instead of diffusing it. It does sound like a lie. But I, you I don't owe him anything, but to say who the fuck are you immediately puts everyone on guard. If you'd said... Why would I be sitting at this bar right next to that parking lot if I wasn't waiting for my sister?
0: Or like, I I get also not wanting to give this man like your sister's name and info, but maybe it's like, hey, I can text her. What's your name? I'll let her know to tell you
1: that I'm square. Like something
0: where it's like they actually know each other.
1: Because- You're not in charge of his emotions, but you you came in hot first and he responded as you would have. Mm -hmm. And while you're not in charge of it, like it's become your problem. So what I want to know is, How does, and if it's, if there's no gate or tickets or parking passes, like how is any of that protected? sounds like a building issue. Um, This was your fault. And just judging by the amount of anger at the beginning of your email, which I get, I get it. You are not, and you're not asking if I think this or not, but like, you're not healed. You're angry. You're fucking angry and you're hurt. And the trick with this stuff, I can't say that I've been through the amount of what you've been through or all that you've been through is to not pay it forward because it, we do live in a society that's structured to be like, well, you're just an angry woman. And you're allowed to be angry, but you have to be smart about it. And you have to remember that most people are stupid. And he's probably, think about how angry he is too. People probably always park there. He looked, he saw that you were parked, like he's annoyed. I'm jealous that he had the balls to walk in there and be like, hey, I'm having your car towed. But it is a little weird that he didn't just have it towed. So what's strange to me is the warning. Because he should have said, the first thing out of his mouth was, I'm having your car towed. That's a little aggressive. Well, and the first thing was, you. is
0: your car this gray one? Da, da, da. Oh, why? And she's like, why? And he's like, because I'm having it towed.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would just have it towed. Right. I wouldn't go find someone. So that's weird. The guy's weird, but you did start it. He wasn't cool to say tow, but then you said the F word to him. Um, and it's tough because you could have been cool about it and be like, oh, it's my sister. I'm happy to, te- happy to text her. And he'll be like, it's not good enough. And he'll be like, then I don't know what you want. But give them enough rope to hang themselves. I, I-, I get it. I get it. I definitely... Snapped at a Dutch coffee shop worker who told me I couldn't sit at the cafe, and then rather than offer, "Would you like takeaway?" I said, "Oh, should I just go fuck myself?" And I walked out. We don't always say the best things to strangers, um, right? You both weren't cool, but you definitely took it to an uncool place. What's yeah. the question? You're like, "How the do I question pay for was this impound asking- <laughs> ticket."
0: Yeah. If she went too hard. I mean, the thing is, you are both you are coming from the place of there's a strange man talking to me. I have experiences that make me mad. He was coming from the place of another fucking person is parked in my guest yes. spot and I'm mad. So he was also coming in with that like preconceived anger at you as an entitled person taking up his spot. Yeah. And you both just were I, not mad at each other, but 80 other people.
1: My husband's very good at diffusing situations and he's always like, what's the outcome that you want? And I'm like, to cause as much havoc and make them feel as terrible as possible. He's like, I don't think that's what you want. The good news about taking a breath and keeping it cool is you can always lose your mind later. Better to gather all the info just to make sure. I mean, at the end of the day, most people are just people. And I get it. If I were him, like, I, I get it. Like, someone's always parking there. I pay to live here and I'm tired of people fucking doing this. And you are sitting in this bar for 40 minutes. Right. They don't let you just park wherever you want when you're going into a store. But this attitude back, like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, it's never going to work in your favor. Mm-hmm. It's never, you'll never, what What it will lead to is you being like physically afraid that you've like ticked off some unhinged weirdo. But like puffing up for no reason. And I get it. I puff up all the time. One puffer fish to another. Yeah. But also they need a better system. like actual passes
0: i mean right that but even then you wouldn't have been able to get the pass because your sister
1: wasn't home yet so your car she could have left it no she could have left it at the front desk said it's a nice community
0: yeah or you
1: have it all the time yeah yeah or get get a spare key also don't be that late okay okay top of the cob. Just the top of the cob. we're doing it right every day you just take a bite top of the cob. you fan top
0: okay My top of the cup is feeling validated by every single take Eliza has. In all the years of listening, I have never not agreed with one of her opinions. Christmas cards being useless, certain characteristics equating a lack of intelligence, but especially consumerism. Her frustration with it from a few episodes back is exactly how I felt for years. I sometimes feel like a cynic for being so annoyed by all influencer content, but seriously, it saddens me this is what our society is uplifting right now. Anyway, thank you, Eliza, for being vocal about these types of things. Big
1: reasons why I'll always be a fan. Don't worry. Thank you. The bubble will break. As it is now, when it's like influencer content, I'm like, I skip right past it. I'm like, there's no way. You guys, let me put you onto this. I'm like, why? Because you got $1,200 to say that this bodysuit doesn't give you a rash. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Good. I'm glad you, me, and the other four miserable people who agree with me can just go live in a gated community with parking that we make accessible only to our family. But there's Mm -hmm. no passes. What's your top?
0: My top is, um, you know, I work from home, but I flew out. Last week to LA to meet with my coworkers. And it was kind of nice to just like do the water cooler, like schmooze. I've realized I do miss just talking about nothing with random people, you know, like not like the uh, conversations you have with like your best friend or like somebody, but just being like, oh, what's up? How you been? You know, like, (laughs) I like that. So it was nice to get some human interaction in. And then I slept like 14 hours both nights this weekend because I was so tired from all the human interaction.
1: From all the partying. I love that. From talking so much and being heard.
0: Well, I was doing my whole song and dance. Like, even though I'm remote, please don't fire me. Aren't I a delight? Remember this name when you're looking at a list of names.
1: You are a delight. Also, if they fired you, you'd be like, great. I got another job. No problem. You're good. (laughs) Good for you. I'm glad that you enjoyed that because it was a schlep to get here. Good for you. Yeah. What's Uh, your top? My top is letting other women... Have I done this one? Letting other women parent my child. Hey, I, not exactly. <sighs> I just, my, um, my husband's stepmom, so I guess basically my daughter's grandma, but stepmom came over with his dad the other day
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, you know, to see Sierra and I was just watching the way Sierra responds to her and I was just really enjoying like her educational approach to the way that she is with Sierra in a different way than... I watch the way that Noah's mom is with Sierra in a different way than our nanny is. You know, every woman that you let around your child is well-meaning and is not you. And I learned so much by just watching how other women treat my child. And I, I just, that's my advice. Is like let other women help raise your child. Whatever, I mean, as long as no one's hurting her, you know, we're sitting there eating and Sierra is really good about saying please, but like never says thank you. And she would say something and and Pop would be like, no, thank you. And I don't take it as like, don't tell her how to speak. I'm like, yeah. If you're the one guy in her life always reminding her to say these certain kind words, like that's fine. Some parents are strict. Some, some of your grandparents are going to be looser. Some are going to be this. It's so good that she just gets that. And I just, I'm not uptight about it. And I just like it. I like it when, the way other women ask her questions. Like I just learned so much from what other mothers have done with their kids and do to mine. So I just, I enjoy it. I have no, um, no real plan <laughs> other than to steal <laughs> these educational cues from people. Like Melanie was asking her so many questions and phrasing things. And by the end of the day, Sarah, Sierra was like, Melanie would be like, and we don't do that because we want to keep you. And Sierra would say, safe. And I, I just, I loved it. Come on over. Teach my child a lesson. I love it. <laughs> a good a good lesson. Right. Not, not like. I love it. Yeah. Let other women influence your kid. At the end of the day, you're going to synthesize all of it. It can't just be you. I love it. Yeah.
0: There you go. All right. Fan bottom. This is such a good one. My bottom of the cup is people who own cars with folding side view mirrors. Yet they decide not to fold them when they park on the street. These city streets are narrow. Why would you not fold? Oh, never even occurred to me. I guess that's so I specific. Do that. I love. Well, if you're on a, I feel like on like a wide street, it's not as big of a deal. But I always fold my mirror that's facing to the outside when I'm on like a narrow street because I don't want someone else my, to scrape it
1: off. I think my car does it automatically. It might, yeah. Yeah, it like folds its little ears back like it's yeah. like you're scolding it like a dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: I feel like that's a good one. Okay, my bottom is the other side of the coin of going on a trip is I hate Ubering, lifting. I hate not being in charge of of where I'm going. I hate relying on another car. I hate waiting for it to like connect me and then waiting to make sure that it doesn't cancel on me. And then like being like, is this person going to be a freak? Are they going to be weird? Are they going to be normal? Are they going to want to talk to me? I hate it. I hate it.
1: I hate it. I hated how for the longest time, if you canceled, Uber's like, we're going to charge you $5. And then you'd have to like go in. And, like, there was always something you could do to be acquitted of that.
0: But I hate how
1: apps have the, like, we can just take your money and you're like, okay, really? Because I waited for 20 minutes and you canceled on me. Now I'm going to miss my fucking flight. Where's my compensation for putting faith in this gig economy? Yeah, I don't like that part of it. I should get a credit if you cancel after X amount of time.
0: Well, when I was trying to get my car, luckily I leave for everything early, but I was trying to get my car from the airport to the hotel Thursday and just kept like connecting, connecting, connecting. So I'm like, okay, I want to try Lyft. Like nobody's coming to get me. I need to leave. I'm not like, I haven't signed a blood contract that I'll get one of your drivers. If no one's accepted it, leave me alone.
1: Uh, I do both, especially if it's like a high pressure situation. I do Uber and Lyft and then I just cancel Look, you accept my ride 90 seconds later, if I cancel it, it's not ending your life. So sometimes I do both. They've been both been so difficult lately. It's like, look, this is Hunger Games. I gotta get, I gotta get to this bar that's two miles from here. Who's gonna help me? Yeah. Okay. My bottom is the word problematic. It's become the battle cry of unempowered women who just very liberal women who just want to find a flaw with anything that they might disagree with. Every, everybody, usually every woman's like, well, she's problematic. Like for, to whom? Problematic suggests that like, this is a component of something that cannot be fixed and it is ruining everything. What, because like someone made like an eating disorder joke, like she's problematic? Like in what matrix? I guess it just goes along with people that are very quick to check you try and check you on your imperfection in the moment they looked at you, but are not there for the long haul. Yeah. And when I, I never really look at TikTok. I just post stuff. I don't really look at the comment section because it's so, it's such a bad vibration. I had a video that went like tiny viral, a very small joke about me looking like despicable me when I'm pregnant. And most comments were positive, but like on there, someone, it's always about like, oh, you love genocide. I'm like, just fucking get a life. People that leave comments like that, I'm like, you don't even care about Palestine. You just hate Jews. Somebody called me a Jewess. And I was like, wow, your granddaddy must have really handed that down to you. Because that's, it's like calling someone a kike. Like it is so old. It's so, it's such an anachronism. And it just reminded me of the kind of like loser slings and arrows where like I post something funny. They're like, "Mm, she's problematic. I'm like, who the fuck are you? In your like loser life with your loser job to be like, I'm deciding. That's what our society is made up of. Just these like tiny voices of like people who don't contribute anything positive, but are here to tell you why you're wrong because you hurt their feelings once. So fucking burn and good luck finding a new descriptor. Problematic, really? Save it for people who are problem. Andrew Tate is problematic. Right, right.
0: I mean, it kind some of girl
1: like- that like promoted pff, shitty detox tea in the two thousands. It, it's not problematic. It's not the systemic issue. Give me a fucking break. Right, right. A couple bad, a couple mistakes doesn't make
0: you problematic. I feel like it has to be yeah, yeah. more than that.
1: It's become this like Gen Z catch all term for like it bothered me once. It's problematic. No, you know what's problematic is your fucking voice. This fucking android-like tiny voice where everyone sounds half asleep. Xanax should be available over the counter. Let me put you onto this. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) You stand for these women so hard. You're like, well, they are
0: I didn't tell you that I I went to a convention this weekend and I was going to get three different things signed by Rose McGowan and then she canceled.
1: Oh, that's problematic.
0: (sighs) That's problematic. Now I'm going to go in her comments and say rude things.
1: Speaking of Indianapolis, uh, oh it's a, it's a show I was asked to do and I, you know, it's not one of my shows, but I am headlining it. I'll be in Indianapolis this coming spring. It's one of the only, there's one of the two shows on my website at the moment. We're about to announce the huge tour. Um, secret's out. And, uh, there's about three tickets left to see me at the Netflix is a joke festival. Excited to do a small theater and just crack it wide open. But uh, keep your eyes peeled for the announcement for the fall tour. And um, I guess this will have already come out, but my episode of Finding Your Roots airs January 30th on PBS. I should have said this last week.
0: I thought so it aired cool. last week. Did it not? Nope. Oh, nope. it must be this week. Yeah, because my mom called me about it to tell me that right it was now. airing.
1: So, okay. Then it I'm Jewish, so you can, you can guess what, the, what this episode's going to be about. But check it out. My hair looks good. And, um, <laughs> and, and I want... I want Follow-ups. Okay, I got you some follow-ups. So folks, I'd like some more, but okay. I want that Christmas one. I want that Christmas street. street oh, that stocking. that
0: evil stepmother. Yeah, please, yeah. Stocking I people.
1: I got a lot of DMs about that stepmom clip. So I, I just feel love free that.
0: I think what you said was so just succinct and perfect. Like the way that we never think okay. about it. That there's no what,
1: there's no evil stepmoms without like flaccid sad Flaccid. Dads spineless def- uh, dad yeah. regular dads yeah uh, and as always when we respond to your questions we do it from a place of love it takes a lot of guts to write in mm-hmm. and be vulnerable so we only say these things to you because it's like we advertise like the thing your best friend won't tell you um, so I hope that we always retain listeners even if we made you feel bad because that's definitely never the goal um, the goal is to have you love the podcast so much that you're like I gotta see her in person and you come buy tickets and then you come see my movies yeah. And then bring the truth. No, don't worry. All right. It's like we always say. Yeah,
0: that's it. God, I, you do Just awful <laughs> Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because...